Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. You. <laughs> Yikes. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, Mark, and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life, and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with the one, the only, Jen Brubaker. It's me! On her 25th <laughs> birthday, yeah. we are going to have a conversation about 25 years of wisdom, what it means to look back and reflect, her life, her current formation, and all that good stuff. We haven't had the conversation yet because we're about to, <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be great. So enjoy. We'll see. <laughs> so eat some birthday cake. Make a bucket list. Make a bucket list. Do whatever you need to do and enjoy today's episode. Woo! Um, well, Jen, here is your official welcome to my friends podcast. Wow, thanks so much. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here and joining you today. Wow. Yeah, this is exciting. Okay, so I know we're recording this about about a month and a bit, like a month and a week before your birthday. But this is gonna release on July eleventh, your twenty-fifth birthday. Wow, eh? How does that feel? Wild. Wild. I used to think people who were 25 were ancient. They are. When you work with high school students, they kind of are, you know? But um, yeah, we're here. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Do you have anything to add in your 25 years of wisdom? I don't, I don't feel any different. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's because you're not 25 yet. I guess so. Maybe on the actual day we'll have... Some. Only like 24 and like nine and a half tenths. Yeah. So you haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Maybe by the time July 11th rolls around, that will be. some wisdom. I think so. So 25, I mean, by the time this is recorded, we're hoping that listeners can hold her accountable that your 24 things to do oh, in your no. 24th year <laughs> will be done. Um, hypothetically, yes, we're completed on July 11th. There's a few things on that list that I'm a little nervous about specifically running half a marathon right um now people have asked me jen why in the world would you put that on there and my response is because it's one thing that i want to do be able to say hey i did that yeah um so yeah training you could pray for me and for that because i'm starting to, i no, not even starting i've lost motivation right so this is really where where it, it needs to endurance needs to kick in yeah yeah. Other things on your bucket list that you have completed, though. As of next weekend, you'll have completed camping with your sisters. Yeah. Excited about that. And camping, wilderness camping with friends. We did that with yeah. the two of us and Anne and Katie. And pottery. Beautiful. We did pottery. We did do pottery. Yeah, that was so fun. Check out Alora Pottery if mm-hmm. you guys are interested. She's amazing. Stacy. You gave up sugar for a month? I did. Yeah. It was actually more manageable than I thought. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. Remember, those are the only things that I like. I remember were on your list. Yeah, there's a few other things. Uh, tipping the amount of the bill. Okay, need to do that. Going to the symphony. Need to do that. <laughs> Better get on that one. Um, what else? Mm, I should have brought the list with me. Tipping the amount of the bill. That's a cool one. Yeah, I think there are some general ones of like grow in thankfulness and grow in generosity. So there's like a few specific things to like right. help right. you in that. But yeah. 
I'm trying to think of what else. I'm having a hard time. But anyways, mm. it's slowly but surely getting done. Nice. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Cool. Well, we are going to talk about you today. <laughs> My favorite thing. <laughs> Ew. So our season, we're, we're talking about, you know, looking back, remembering, and reflecting. Mm-hmm. And this is like a little you know, refresh of people who've been listening along. We talked about it in our intro episode, but this idea of, you know, Ebenezer's or of, of monuments of, you know, things where they would lay down and say, this is where the Lord did X, Y, Z. This is a remembrance of this. And that was sort of our, our mental picture going into this. Talking about that, and thinking about the whole theme and then also just thinking about, you know, the things that we've been reflecting on because of all the episodes we've recorded for this season. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think the biggest thing of being like being a part of all the conversations that we've had so far, I'm so struck and reminded that life is so much bigger than just me and God's faith and provision and grace is so far beyond me. And I think I've said that a few times on, um, on some episodes, but I think of like Corey Ten Boom. Um, personally, I've read uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and a few of his books that he has written. Um, and another one, Louis Zamperini, like all of those stories happened around the same time of the Second World War. I'm like, holy smokes. Um, hearing about uh, Lily's Trotter, again, like, earlier 1900s and then Julian of Norwich from the 1300s. I'm just so blown away by, yeah, God's provision and the way that he met with people where they were at during some like insanely different seasons of life than we're in right now. And so for me, I find it really helpful again to practice remembering. I mean, that's why I think it's important to practice journaling. I mean, I'm not perfect at it Mm -hmm. by any means, but really causes you to stop in the chaos of what's happening today and right. to yeah to remember God's goodness and re- remember that he is present yeah I forget your question I just asked like <laughs> what is this idea of remember and reflect mean to you yeah yeah so that's what it means to me I think it's it's a really good practice to have because mm-hmm. for me anyways it slows me down and um my emotions aren't leading me necessarily in a direction that is true yeah. Or it's just hard seasons of life. Remembering and reflecting, uh, yeah, is super helpful, reminding me what is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really, that's like a good point. I think about like emotions can be good because sometimes it can be like an x ray into what's actually going mm-hmm. on. Like they're a way to actually show you can't shove them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they can also lead us astray. And so knowing what is true when you don't feel it's, yeah, yeah, a big part of monuments and things like that. So mm-hmm. what are some of those moments that you look back and hold fast to? And I'll say you can't say being sick because you've talked about it. So mm-hmm. I won't say that season. Um, and I know that's a huge one, <laughs> him getting you through that. <laughs> yeah. But we know it's true. Yeah. So what what are what would be like some other other ones? Yeah. I'm pulling a fast one because I told her she couldn't talk about being sick so <laughs> that's good um yeah I would honestly say singleness has been a big one and a continual one mm-hmm. 
because, uh, yeah, like we had a good conversation about singleness with Ivy and, um, I've had many conversations with people, people who are married, people who are single, people who are older than me, people who are younger than me, same age about it. And, um, more and more, I realized maybe this is the wisdom that comes with being 25. Who knows? I'm not there yet, but, uh, it's been really forming and transformational in my life yeah. and not in, um, um, what kills you makes you stronger or what doesn't kill you makes you stronger kind right. of like mentality. But yeah, God has really used it to reveal to me what I hold as more important than him. Hmm. Like it's really been um, a mirror to see the idols that I have or have had in my life. So for example, like expectations of what I thought my life was going to look like. Wow. (laughs) That's like a huge one. My life, when I was younger, I used to think, you know what? Most of the people in my life were getting engaged very, very young and married very young. So like one of my cousins got engaged when she was 19, got married 20, you know, like one of my cousins got married at 23. That was kind of like in my eyes anyways, it was like kind of older. And now I'm like, that's insane, Jen. That's wild. Um, But like, that's what I thought my life was going to look like. I thought it would be married by now. I thought maybe have a kid. Um, I thought I would yeah, be working, being at home, still being involved in missions and volunteering and part of my community and stuff like that. And my life doesn't look like that. And so, and I'm really thankful it doesn't because I see the gifts that have come from, from it along with a lot of difficulties and hardships. And, um, yeah, it's been a really painfully beautiful refinement. Yeah. Yeah, but singleness, it's one that I didn't think that would be like, this is a monument of where I've seen God's goodness and grace, but it really is. It really is. And it's an ongoing one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, can we talk about that a little bit more? You know, we, we have gone back and forth over the, the seasons of the podcast about, you know, do we about singleness we should talk about singleness uh, do you want to talk about it I don't know yeah. should we make it about like it, it's been this really really back and forth thing mm-hmm. but in the conversations that we have had on the podcast there have been really fruitful conversations and outside of the podcast mm-hmm. that have come to be people that feel very seen mm-hmm. and like uh this might be like kind of deep but I I just like <laughs> can you talk about kind of the shame maybe that comes with talking about it (laughs) about opening it up to it because I know that to be true Mm. like it can be a really weird or hard thing something that carries shame to actually be honest about it Mm -hmm. gosh girl you're gonna make me cry probably and I'm making a joke about it but just watch it actually happen (laughs) I was just recently um my church has a women's podcast and they asked me to talk about it and I did talk about singleness a little bit and I made the same joke I'm like "Ah, I might cry but it's okay and then I actually did I need to take a hot moment to like gather myself and whatever else but it's so true the shame of it like I for me I'll talk about my own personal experience because I don't want to speak for other people but I have had such a hard time wrestling on my own of like okay expectations my life doesn't look the way that I thought it would so there's a like 
a letting go or grieving process or whatever it is of just like accepting that. But then on the other side of it, there's um, like the wrestling with community with this. And I think I really had a hard time talking about singleness because I felt like people were going to perceive me as desperate Mm -hmm. by talking about it. Like, oh, Jen's just talking about this because she wants somebody to set her up with someone or because she's alone or whatever. I have no idea what people are thinking, but that's the way that I perceived it. And so I didn't talk about it. Like the perception of a lot of single people. Well, when, when I was younger, I would look at people who weren't married or anything like that. And I would think, oh, that's sad. Like, I remember thinking that when I was younger, um, especially when I was in high school. And I'm like, nope, this is what life is going to look like. And there's no way that I'm going to be single by the time I'm 25. And um, I'm really thankful for God's grace in that because it's simply not true. But I think there is that mentality of like, wow, like if you're single, then somehow your life is less than Mm -hmm. someone, someone who is married. And it's simply not true. But I think in that it can be a really slippery slope on both sides for the person who is single to think that they're not good enough or that their life is somehow second best. And yeah, they don't get to experience the gifts and joys of parenthood mm-hmm. or having a spouse, even just like companionship in that way yeah. of um, like, we all long to be known and to be loved. And when that is only demonstrated in the, like in the way of marriage, like that's also not true. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm touching exactly on the shame piece, but it, it's been huge for me. Yeah. I've, I, I felt like I had to apologize when people would ask me about it or if I were to bring it up, I felt bad and yeah, guilty that I was really wrestling with not feeling celebrated yeah. in the midst of a lot of weddings and a lot of bridal parties and all these things. And I want to celebrate my friends well, but I felt like I needed to apologize and I felt like I didn't have a right to feel mm-hmm. that way because it's a happy thing. Yeah. And um, I think I also felt shame in the context of the church because it's not talked about it. Yeah. It's not talked about really... Uh, uh, like very suddenly, right? Like yeah. not very often. So yeah, it's a, it's a very real thing. And I know people have experienced it in different ways, but those are just some ways that I have seen it or have experienced it. Yeah. I find it's different wrestling with singleness, just like me personally versus like wrestling with what this looks like in community. Yeah. So what in that, like how exactly has God shown you his in those like in that mm. in that wrestling like what does like healing is kind of the word that comes to mind but it's not necessarily healing but it mm-hmm. kind of is in some ways and I know that it's I mean like so many other things in life an ongoing journey but what has that looked like um for you to sort of embrace or or even just to like be thankful yeah for this season what has that looked like for you yeah so um as you guys know and I are big supporters of the Lectio 365 app. So if you don't know what it is or you don't have it, pause this episode. Go check it out. Um, but a couple days ago, they for their Sabbath um, prayer, they used Psalm 116, 1-7. So I'll just read it here. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. 
Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The God protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And um, yeah, like I can't talk about being sick as one of my monuments or whatever. But like I remember in that specific season, I remember I was in the hospital. I think my mom was, it was late at night. So I was all by myself. And I just remember thinking like, oh, it would be so nice to like have someone to like be dating or whatever, to just have like a go-to person. Yeah. And God convicted me hardcore. He's like, I'm with you always, regardless of the season, regardless of what life looks like, regardless of how much pain you're in, whether that's physical, emotional, spirit, whatever, I'm the one with you. And so when I read this passage a couple of days ago, I'm like, wow, yeah, like I'm so thankful that that singleness has brought me to a place where I just like, it's not just knowledge that God is with me, but, um, yeah, like through, um, a lot of hard challenges of, um, even just wrestling with loneliness that he is with me and I see so much of his grace in that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, like his grace and allowing me to feel, oh, Tim Keller says it well, um, Jesus was actually abandoned. So I would only feel abandoned. Mm. Like that's great. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I'm just so blown away that he's allowed me to, to experience loneliness so that I can see that he's the most important thing in my life yeah. and I get distracted and whatever else, but yeah, I'm just so blown away. I keep thinking of no one ever cared for me like Jesus by yeah. your gal, Stephanie Gritzinger. Yeah. Like it, it remains true. Yeah, totally. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, can we talk a little bit more? I'm just going to kind of keep carving deeper and deeper yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Um, not, not in like a way to be like, let's make this emotional, but just to, to pick apart some things in here. So um, because I know you, I know that something that has been both challenging and freeing has been how you have been able to be honest in community. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, to have that. And I think it's kind of paired with that shaping of like, Mm -hmm. I can't talk about this because they're going to pity me or they're just going to think that I'm, uh, yeah, like just like one of those things of like, oh, like just whining about being sick, like, like whatever the, the sort of Mm -hmm. lies and fears that come in, but you have experienced freedom and like, this is part of my life and it's, and being able to actually talk about that in the midst of your friendships, because I think you can't talk about singleness without talking about community. Mm -hmm. Um, So can Mm -hmm. you talk about just like the gift and sort of the ways that God has used community and being a part of that to like be a part of that process of healing too? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, yeah. First of all, I think of you because you, (laughs) you're my single friend. (laughs) <laughs> and we're friends not just because we're both single in this current season but I think you have been so helpful in um like I think you were one of the first people to hear 
for the first time my deep, real, honest thoughts and struggles and hurts when it came to singleness without feeling like I needed to apologize or feel bad or anything like that. And I think for you to be able to say, to hear me and listen and then, and pray for me and remind me of what is true and remind me that I'm not a burden because I brought or whatever it is, or to say like, Hey, I'm really wrestling with loneliness today. Like, yeah, I think I'm so thankful for you for that. And so that was huge. I think then talking to my friends where I, and communicating where I have felt hurt and understanding the difference between feeling hurt and when I was having my own little pity party, that was important to, to, yeah, to discern. Um, because it's not always pointing the finger at another person. Like there's stuff that I had to deal with too. Um, but a big thing was communicating like, Hey, (laughs) when you don't respond, (laughs) that's really hard for me because I'm trying to be intentional in this friendship. And I know that you have a significant other that you're also being intentional with. And I feel like I'm being tossed to the side. Um, and not feeling bad about that and understanding, re- having realistic expectations in those conversations. I think also the big thing was communicating, like, I don't feel celebrated. Like, I think, and I also didn't do a good job in communicating some things. Like for YFC here, um, before COVID every year, I do like a little dessert night. So like people would come in the evening, um, I'd like serve dessert, give a little YFC update. And for me, that was like, I put a lot of um, importance and weight on that. And so when people just didn't show up or they're like, oh, sorry, I don't think I can make it. It's fine. It's actually okay. Um, it was really hurtful. And I think it surprised myself with how much that, that hurt. And again, it's like, okay, what is mine to carry and what is not? And when do I actually need to have a conversation? Yeah. So, so communicating of like, I, I don't feel celebrated. Mm-hmm. And again, not feeling, feeling bad about that huge was huge and also knowing that like the people in my life and the gifts that God has given me in community like they love me yeah like they're not people aren't intentionally like excluding me or hurting me or whatever else and again there's time I'm having pity parties for myself because I'm alone and blah 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 which is not true um but it's really easy again to let your emotions guide or like to to determine true right yeah and so yeah a big piece of it is just vulnerability and that meant crying in front of people and I hate that (laughs) (laughs) and it meant like really going to like going to people that I trust like my mentors I have a couple of mentors and having that honest conversation with them and to invite them to speak into my life and where I needed to change and what I needed to do yeah and what I needed to communicate to other people Mm -hmm. I think a reason like healing through community is so powerful. Like I think in my friendship and relationships where I've communicated like, hey, a fear of mine is that as we continue to be in different seasons or different stages of life, we're going to drift apart. And I really don't want that to happen. Yeah. Like communicating that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of healing has happened from that. Uh, and I'm really thankful for that. I just want to say too, and saying all this, like, in the seasons of weddings and like there is one summer where I had like 10 weddings and um which was a lot like it was really it was really difficult for me to want want to celebrate my friends well and yet wrestling so deeply with this like 
when it was just in my face all the time. And yet it's not like, I hate marriage. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying either like, yeah, like I'm not pointing the finger at any specific person or group of people or whatever. Like I'm so thankful for the community that God has given me and and marriage is a gift. And, um, I think that's actually was a huge thing as in the middle of wrestling with a lot of the, and it comes and goes where I'm like, right now I'm okay. Confident in my singleness. I don't, yeah, just feeling really confident in the season of life that I'm in now that this is where God wants me to be. But in the seasons where I'm feeling a little more rocky, I really had a hard time celebrating my friends well. Like I so wanted to celebrate my friends well, but it was really difficult when I'm just like, this is hard. I feel really lonely in this. Yeah. And so again, having the wisdom and discernment to number one, God is the one who understands me completely and wholly. And so he needs to be the one that I go to. Um, and some conversation, like, I'm going to say this. I don't know if it's true. Well, some conversations are meant just for you and God yeah, and not other people. And so in the wrestling of it, it wasn't like I was sad that my friends were getting married. I think I was more sad about and grieving the changes in friendships. And so, yeah, I'm thankful for healing in that and the perspective shifts that have come from that. Um, Because, yeah, big realization was like, yeah, like marriage is a gift from God. And who am I to demand a gift from him? Hmm. Like that just kind of struck me in one of the time in, yeah, one of my quiet times, I was really having a hard time with this. I'm like, God, like, what if your answer is no for this? Like, I still want to get married, but what if your answer is no? Am I going to be okay with that? And ultimately he's a good gift giver. And who am I to say, you have to give this to me? Because if he doesn't want it for me, then I don't want it because I know that it's not going to be, I want his will for my life. Yeah. And so if this is it, then he knows what's best. God is God Mm -hmm. and I'm not. Yeah. Oh, I think that that, well, I mean, it's powerful. It's not easy. I don't think that when we (laughs) wrestle with things that it comes with easy answers. Mm -mm. And I think we are made to be communal. And so when it feels like your life circumstance holds you back from being able to be part of a community because everybody's in a different age of life than you yeah that feels like very hard mm-hmm. and yet I know for you and some of your friends that you have actually been able to like learn what it means to do community with people that are in a different stage mm-hmm. of life and it's okay and you know their life looks different because it's like you know I think about <laughs> Jen and I always joke about this because on one of our like work reports we have to do every month it's like <laughs> personal and family <laughs> updates and I was like so do you want to know what my sister's up to or like those things of like when you ask people about them they tell you about their kids they tell you about their spouse and that's great that's cool I love hearing about what your kids are up to like I have friends where they show me baby pics every time I'm with them and yet sometimes you get put in this weird thing where you're like you know what do people ask you about how do you be like I'm I'm myself and what are my things that I'm celebrating in my life that are not having to do with those Mm -hmm. and it's like it's not wrong. It's just, it's, it's, it can be awkward Yeah. or like, I have to feel a- apologetic to be like, I want you to care about my life. And then making the other pe- person feel uncomfortable and you're, or bad. It's like, no, 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 you can ask me about that. And people are at different spots with that. Yeah. But yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And I think right now I 
I'm currently wrestling with what this looks like with church. Mm. And so, yeah, just again, wrestling with what it looks like to be a single person, a part of a community, a part of a church community, and how we do community in general with people who yeah. are in similar seasons of life and who are younger than us, yeah. similar seasons of life and people who are older than us, people who are in totally different seasons. How do we do community with people who are not in the season of life that we're in? Yeah. And who are the really close people to you that are kind of in your inner circle, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, that you can pray and process and be really open and honest and vulnerable because like again, we say not all conversations are meant to be recorded on a podcast yeah not all conversations are meant to be shared with with everyone yeah um but yeah there are, are some of those funny practical things that come yeah. up that you're like ah. <laughs> yeah how do I be like honest and yet I know I mean <laughs> you don't love being misunderstood <laughs> I don't <laughs> it's a growing thing I think I'm yeah. growing in it this has helped me yeah and I think and again and I don't want to speak into your conversation mm-hmm. but because we've 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 wrestled with basically since the beginning of the podcast of how do we talk about singleness mm-hmm. should we how does this work and and people will come and say please please talk about it. like it matters so much to mm-hmm. me that you said that just to feel acknowledged but it it does not like I know my heart I know your heart. It's not to say like, you know, ah, uh, bitter at people who are yeah. married. We yeah. feel out. Uh, we na 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 na. Yep. It's just that, w- like, whether you're you're single or not, it, it hasn't always been a welcoming place for single people. Yeah, in a, in a, a Christian culture. Yeah. That- celebrates marriage as the be all and end all Mm -hmm. and so in the seasons where you're not married yeah your life should still matter and and god is still working and and it's just a tough balance to say we want to be part of community and you start to realize how it affects other people too like Mm -hmm. like i think of how much more empathy you'd have if you had never been through that season for sure and and being a voice for people who might just be like it, it's not you know a big courageous you know movement it's just no. to say hey like people matter yeah and and sometimes it's tough when they feel like something's wrong with them because they're not married yet yeah and I think it, there's like the other side of the coin too where like you and I are close with Matt and Emma for example and they have a cute little girl who's gonna be two soon and so I like the the other side of the coin is like I feel like I understand from their perspective, the challenges that come with having kids. And just like, again, Ivy said it so well that it's not like greater or lesser responsibilities or hardships. It's just different. Yeah. And so I think it's really important in these conversations to have a, p- a posture of humility yeah. and a posture of grace. And um, yeah, like us right now is not talking about it in a, any with any ounce of bitterness. I mm-hmm. have had bitterness yeah. <laughs> wrestle with that, but it's not, it's not out of an angry place of like demand or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just honesty, like, like mutual honesty in community. Like I think mm-hmm. that like whole underlining, like being with your people and being real and my friends yeah. tell me what's difficult in their lives and I can be real, but what's difficult now. And it's not a dramatic thing. Like I should remember a little while ago, um, I was at my friends, they're married. I was sitting with her and her husband on the couch and she said, I was singleness for you lately. Mm. And I don't know that like you've asked me that, yeah. but I don't 
know that other people have really asked me that before that much. And I think it's like, okay, yeah, like we just acknowledge that there's hard things. It's the same thing that if I knew you had work stress, I'd say like, Mm -hmm. how's that going for you? That we can just ask. And some people don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't always have an answer for it. Jen might want to talk about it another day, but Mm -hmm. what do you, what do you wish people would ask you or would, would, and not in a way of like, I want people to talk to me, but about (laughs) this thinking about like, if Mm. we all circle our, our lives and think about who are the single people that might be struggling, maybe struggling because of death, divorce, breakups, life circumstances, you know, any and all of the above. I saw a Twitter thread because I'm a Twitter (laughs) and they were talking about how they realized that their single friend and he's like, apparently, I don't know, they'd probably be like in early thirties or something about how like he will never, he knows he's welcome to our house, but he'll never invite himself over. Yeah. And so we have to, we know that he needs community and family. And so we invite him over. And so I just was reminded that I'm like, even for myself about like, who are the people in my life that might Mm -hmm. be single and maybe not struggling, but maybe wondering what their sense of community is. And so what does that look like? So that's, that's the heart behind this question is what do you, what do you wish people would either ask or know or, yeah, like how can they how can they look around and see people in their life that mm. might be in a hard place around yeah. this thing? Again, this is just from one perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just put that out there. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, and again, I was talking to one of my mentors in the context of church and whatever else, but like I wonder how valuable it would be to sit with one single person in your life or a few or whatever you're I don't know whatever that looks like and just ask them about their experience ask them about the joys and the gifts that have come from it and ask them how um what the challenges have been and just listen because everybody's experience is different and um to ask them like how how you can be a good friend to them to support them in this specific season, whether it's like a really challenging time of singleness or it's actually like really good. Like, like for me doing life with people is one of my favorite things. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I'm starting to play beach volleyball with some friends and that's like, so I'm so pumped. And most of them, I think there's a few people who are single on the team, but like most of them are going to be either engaged or married Mm -hmm. and, but they know like, that's one thing that I really, really value. And so yeah. Or it's like, for me, I don't care if I'm the seventh person or I'm the fifth person, like an invitation goes a long way, whether yeah. I accept it or not. And so just not to automatically exclude <laughs> a single people because, you know, oh, they, they probably wouldn't want to come because it's all going to be couples. No, like yeah. send the invitation, right? Yeah, like, like don't, don't say, say no for them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think like, listening is huge and hearing mm-hmm. people's stories and experiences. Cause you just don't know. Yeah. You just have no idea. I think that would be, that would be the big thing. Yeah. What would you say? I think intentionality and that's kind of the things I'm just picking up from that. It's just um, like we're intent. Like I think people need to be more intentional with people in general. Yes. And not to add like weight to the world of, have 8,000 things to do all the time and people feel like they can't keep up like I get it Mm -hmm. but I think like just being intentional about it because I think even you and I like it's it's different for me than it is for you all of your friends are married I have lots of single friends yeah and so 
culture is different around that as far as just like my sort of circles and circles are, mm-hmm. are just they're just different yep um and I think just like for me like dignity like yeah I, I'm not like I, I it's hard not to feel less than or mm-hmm. like what's wrong with you or like do you want to get married because if you're not maybe you, like it, it yeah it's just like I don't know people are not mean just weird about it yeah <laughs> Like, it's like I we don't, don't know how to talk about it. it it's and it, it can be awkward. Yeah. It's like it feels like you said. Like I think that we're desperate. Like yeah. I never wanted to say like, yeah, like I want to be married because I don't want it to sound like oh my gosh, like like because uh, like I'm not like gonna die, <laughs> and and I'm okay in who I am. And yet, yeah. like there's these other feelings that come along with that, and I think it matters. And I think when I talk to people who are, particularly people who are like in a season where they thought they wouldn't be single anymore mm. that in those seasons, like those people maybe just need to be reminded, like there's nothing wrong with you. Yep. Um, and you don't have to do that by words. Like, I think I'm not somebody who like really responds well to like lovey gushy words all the time. What? <laughs> so it's not like, I think if somebody said that to me, I would be like, thankful. but I'd be like, okay, great. Thanks. Nice. You know, like, like I, I uh, I'm not somebody that's like overly sentimental that way, but mm. like I think like I know it by the way you treat me. Like I had friends who invited me into a small group a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I was the only single person, and they didn't make me feel weird, mm-hmm. and they thought that it was important. Mm-hmm. And I think things like that of like those kind of things speak loud to me of just like inclusion. Yeah. I think there's also within that like an opportunity to, and again, this isn't just confined to singleness, but to be intentional about having other questions in the back of your head aside from, oh, like, are you seeing anyone? Or, oh, how's your significant other? Or um, when are you going to have kids? That's another thing that I know is really challenging for people. And yeah, like just to expand your question box in conversations with people. Expand question that's a good idea I'm just thinking about other things like you can ask the basic question oh for sure but let's ask about other things as well yeah that's good um one last thing kind of on this specific topic yeah um contentment like I know contentment you've kind of mentioned it here and there but I think a conversation with Beth and realizing you know how contentment is is not confined to a season what have you learned about contentment in this gosh a lot (laughs) like a whole lot um Looking for another psalm. <laughs> the psalms are just so good. Sometimes you're just like, this is how I feel. I wouldn't have been able to communicate this, but gosh, and I have no idea where it is, but I want to find it. Um, when I think of contentment, I think of Psalm 131. And it's a short, short chapter. It's only three verses. Um, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer, like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. But yeah, just that image of like a weaned child like girl I've seen some babies freak out freak out and this idea of just like contentment 
yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Kind of like (laughs) when I first read this, I'm like, this is kind of weird. But then I thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, that is so true. Yes, indeed, I'm calmed and quieted myself. And I think singleness in specifically with wrestling it, wrestling through it with me and God and having a lot of anger and having a lot of bitterness and having a lot of resentment in a way um, and giving him silent treatment because I didn't want to talk to him because I would be afraid of his answer. Um, He's brought me to this place of contentment. Like my value and worth and identity is not based on whether I'm married or not or what I've accomplished. And I think YFC has helped, like whether it's career-wise, relationship status, finances, whatever it is, like I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Like I think the beauty and simplicity and being known and loved by Jesus, I think I understand that in a whole new way than it just being something that I was told when I was younger. Mm. And for that, I'm so, so thankful. That's good. And I think, like, I'm just thankful that you're willing to to share about these things because it's not easy. Like, we mentioned some words like awkward. I'm, you know, fearful of being misunderstood. <laughs> like, I'm not saying this to, to harp on people. I'm not saying this yeah. to be, and, and to do that. And I think sometimes we all have pieces of our story that we'd rather not let God use mm. because we don't want to talk about it. Um, and I would think that maybe this is one of those things that can be sort of that awkward, like, yeah. okay, like I'm, I'm going to let you guys know, like, I wish this wasn't something that, um, but thank you for talking about it. Um, and being willing to be honest and vulnerable. And I think even too, like, I appreciate the way that you've said, like, this is how it's been hard, but like, these are some of like the hard feelings that have come with it too. Like, mm. it's probably a lot harder even to say, like, I wrestle with bitterness, mm-hmm. you know, like what, like that's. It's not the formation of things. It's not always the easiest things. But um, what would you say that you have learned about God that you wouldn't have without it? Oh, gosh. His kindness. His steadiness. His forgiveness. And his sovereignty. Yeah. I think if I could sum up all of this, it'd be God is God and I'm not. And that transcends all, like insert whatever struggle you're having now here, right? Like that is true in any and every circumstance. God is God and I'm not. And um, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Yeah. And it's his grace that he allows all this to happen, right? Like I, I'm just really, really thankful for that. Um, I think it's like Psalm, just diving into the Psalms today. I wasn't expecting that. Psalm, I want to say it's 63, but I could be wrong. Um, that talks about like God being our sanctuary or God being our hiding place. I could be wrong. Mm. I don't know. Okay, I'm just going to read this one too. (laughs) Okay, Psalm 63, um, 1 to 8. And this one was huge for me. I remember, yes, this one talks about him being our sanctuary. Um, This one was huge for me when I just like, I felt like I didn't have any words. Okay, (laughs) real vulnerable moment here. A few years ago, I came back from one of my friend's weddings. um, 
I wept. <laughs> I've never cried that hard before in my life. And again, feeling so conflicted because I'm like, God, this is a happy thing. And I think it was the first time where I really felt the weight and the weight of change that I couldn't control. Um, because regardless, like whether somebody gets married or somebody moves away or somebody has kids, like those things change our relationships. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing, but it just hit me so hard. I just felt so lonely. And this was one of the passages that, um, kind of landed for a long time. Oh Lord, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands up to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong hand holds me securely. And it, it convicted me of the, I, I was holding marriage as an idol. I was holding that for like the be all end all thing, like the end goal. And God graciously and painfully <laughs> showed me that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And that is sin. And um, yeah, I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. I think in all of this, um, yeah, he's really allowed me to do that. And I miss it a lot of the time, especially in seasons where I'm like, I'm good. Um, like right now, but in those moments that are just like, oh my gosh, there just seems to be no words. You're just kind yeah. of aching. I'm reminded of that. And mm-hmm. and for that, I'm thankful. Like, I'm thankful for, I don't know. It sounds kind of dramatic. See, that's the other thing. I'm like, it might be too dramatic. It's like, no, Jen, like your emotions are your emotions, whether yeah. they are real or not, or they point to truth or not. Um, but yeah, just kind of like the pain and all of that. I'm thankful that it reminds me of who he is and who I am him. Yeah. What would you say to your younger self in the midst of this conversation? Ooh, good question. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good one. We'll say, we'll say 15 year old Jennifer, 10 years ago. Whoa, wild. Um, hmm. I need some time to think about it. I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I think I actually said this on our last, like, kind of like, quote unquote, my episode, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. And God's plans are so much better than your dreams. You might not see it, but you just might not see it yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I remember it also, it was part of a prayer from the Lectio 365 app. And when I don't perceive it, God is still working. And I think I would say that to her also. Um yeah, like your value and identity and worth is not found in anything that including your status, your marital status. Mm. And I, he's the one who ultimately understands you. So lean in, lean in. Maybe that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, my last question, and it's not about the best piece of advice because we've said that, Ooh, but yeah. um, how is God forming you in this season? Ah! 
<laughs> That's a hard question right now. Um, I have been reminded of how God works in the ordinary and how I need to be faithful in the ordinary. And so as far as like my quiet time, I'm not sensing any, um, I don't know, just like do my readings, sit in silence, not really hearing a whole lot, doing my Lexio, the 365 app, <laughs> be still. And then I move on with the rest of my day. Like I think I'm being challenged in that and reminded of that. Like, yeah, even when God is, even when I don't perceive it, God is still working. And I do see him working and moving um, just in ways that I don't expect it. Um, so just to remain faithful. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny how all this kind of ties together. Cause even when my emotions don't, even when I don't feel like it, I'm required to still be faithful to him. And so I think I'm learning that in a new way. I think I'm also being formed in, yeah, community and continue to have open, vulnerable conversations as they come up um, and learning to say no, even when you're misunderstood or people don't fully understand why that's okay. Ugh, hard but good. Hard but good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you for your heart and your story and being willing to share, share the hard things that, yeah, I know that sometimes we, when we have to be real, it can have the little like, ah, inside, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you are loved and you are appreciated and your story is appreciated. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing. Thanks so much. Yeah. To be honest, sometimes I'd rather talk about anything else other than this, yeah. but it is, it is good. And Voss Camp and Carrie Newhoff had a conversation. It's on Carrie's uh, podcast. Um, check it out. But Anne talked about being cruciformed. Mm. And I think she kind of had like, when we are not vulnerable, we automatically alienate ourselves from people and from God. But when we are open and vulnerable to their community and to God, we are living a cruciformed, kind of having her arms spread out wide um, in the shape of a cross. She says it a lot more eloquently than I am, obviously. But just being reminded of that is an invulnerability that transformation has. And that's the way that Jesus showed us how to live. And so, not rambling, but thank you for having me today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We did. Did you enjoy it, Jen? (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I enjoyed it, at least... So make sure you subscribe, follow on whatever podcast you're using, follow on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, at Just Work Friends, so you don't miss a Monday episode. We've got some good ones coming out. Make sure if you're listening to wish a happy birthday to our 25-year-old gal, Jen, and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.